You are listening to the CMC Podcast. Join us each week for messages designed to equip, inspire, and motivate. And now for today's message from Pastor Tim Brooks. All right, are you ready to get started? I am very, very, all of us are very excited about this series that we are beginning here in the middle of August. It's going to take us all the way to the first of the December. Uh, we're calling it a Management of Life series. We're going to be talking about managing our life. And I can't think of anything more essential for us with this year being our focus being essential. I, I just, without a doubt, managing our lives is just vitally essential for us. And as Josh and Paul and I met several times and and been seeking the Lord over what we would do in this next series, what to do. You know, as we begin to talk about this, there really never was much a discussion between the three of us. This is absolutely essential. Uh, And we all three got immediately very excited about teaching as a Christian, now managing our life so that we can lay hold of what God has for us. Let's, let's get started here in, in, in this introduction, uh, and that's merely what this lesson is, just an introduction into this series to let you know where we're headed. In creation, God created man and woman to walk in the cool of the day in a perfect environment, in a perfect world where there were no imperfections, there was no heartaches and hurts, there was no COVID, there was no... I mean, it was a perfect situation. All their needs were provided for, and that was God's plan for us to live in no worry and no stress and no fear and no insecurities. We were created to be like God. Well, sin entered in Genesis chapter 3, and if you don't know this story, you need to go read Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. Sin entered in the world... And then man, and man became a godlike creature that was out for survival in a jungle. I mean, we're out fighting for food and shelter, living under a curse. Uh, it talks about toil and sweat and the earth producing thorns and, and thistles. And, and here mankind was for 4,000 years, we lived under control from the law of God. Don't do this and don't do that and don't do this and don't do that. And mankind lived under condemnation, constant condemnation, because sometimes we all, we, we, we didn't don't. Yeah, I mean, sometimes we blew it. So you were lived under condemnation and the guilt of blowing it because don't do this and don't do that and don't do this. Now, those are still things that we don't do, but we're not under don't do this and don't do that. We've had a heart change and we don't want to anymore. Sometimes we messed up under the law. Okay, the penalty of sin was and still is death. The penalty of sin, and you read this, I don't have time to teach on all that, but the penalty of sin is death. So we got a substitutionary sacrificial death, a temporary sacrificial system of where we killed a perfect lamb 
that would just temporarily cover sin for us. That lamb would die in your place, paying the penalty that you owed for the sin that you had committed. There was no washing away of sin. There was no forgiveness. There was no old passing away, all things becoming new. There was no joining Christ in his death, burial, and resurrection to live a new life. See, that can only, that could only come from a man, not an animal, because a man owed the debt. Now, the animal was a substitutionary temporary sacrifice, but the animal didn't owe it. Man owed it. It had to come from a man. The problem was no man could do it. See, no man could live a perfect life. All men were sinners. All have sinned. So this guy owed the debt of death. Well, he couldn't die for me because he owed it. And many world religions, we've had some good teachers. People find some help in them. The problem was they're a sinful man just like me, and they couldn't pay the debt I owed for sin. No matter how good a teacher they are, no matter how good of a religious leader they are, they could not pay the debt of sin for me. It, it had to be a man, but it couldn't be a man. It had to be God, but it couldn't be God because God didn't owe the debt. So it had to be man, but it couldn't be. It had to be God, but it couldn't be. So Jesus, all man, yet all God, that's why no man comes to the Father except through him. There's not any other religion that'll get you to God except through the blood sacrifice of Jesus. All men, all God lived perfect and died, paid the penalty once and for all for our sin. Well, when Jesus came then, we read life and life more abundant. We read he became a curse for us. Well, we get saved, and after a period of time after we've been saved, we start asking, what's wrong? I don't have life and life more abundant. What's wrong? I'm not full of peace. What's wrong? I'm not full of joy. See, I tried this Christian thing, and it doesn't work because I'm supposed to have peace, and I don't have any peace. The problem is we get Christians to that point in life and we don't tell them that the Christian can't go back and live under the world system with the world standards, doing it the world's way, and then wondering why God's principles don't work. Jesus told us in John 17, you're in the world, but you're not of the world. God has a new life in store for you and I. God has a different life in store for you and I, not like the world lives. But you're never going to live in what God has for you, continuing to live like the world. Well, I'm saved. Why doesn't this thing work for me? Well, you can't continue to live like the world and want the God kind of life. And, and we're, somehow or another, we have not been able to communicate that to Christians who are disillusioned with the Christian life. You can't live blessed and still have your old sinful nature in control. You, you, as a Christian, as one who Jesus paid your penalty for you 
and you are saved. You've accepted Jesus. As a Christian, you can't continue to feed yourself R-rated movies all of the time. Feed yourself, feed yourself, feed yourself on these TV shows, on these movies, and wonder why my thinking is all screwed up. See, as a Christian, you can't feed yourself with a constant inundation of music that is completely unbiblical in the lyrics. And you're singing this tune and you're singing that tune and you're going through these complete opposite from the Bible lyrics that you're feeding into your head. We continue to associate with ungodly friends who, I can tell you right now, I wouldn't do that. Well, I tell you, if I was you, I'd tell them that, wait, that's not what the Bible says for you to do. That's not what the Bible says. But you've got this ungodly friend that is pouring your head full of, here's what you ought to do, here's what you ought to handle that. Well, I tell you, I can give them peace. What, 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 what does the Bible say for us to do? So see, we're a Christian, but yet we are feeding ourselves from a world's way of thinking and wondering why Christianity doesn't work for us. Our minds at birth are like a blank computer. You're not born with two plus two equals four. You are taught that. You are taught that. Everything that's in our mind has been put in our mind. We've programmed our minds. And with the world's programming, we've programmed insecurities we're programming worry, we're programming fear, we're programming anger, we're programming hate. See, we're programming these things into our mind and we're wondering why we're not living the God kind of life. We are called in Christianity to repent, repentance. And repentance means I was walking this way and I turned completely around and I'm going a different direction. Repentance is a change of direction. And if you remember, Jesus said, you know, there's many that say, Lord, 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 I, I never knew you. I never knew you. And that's sad because that's where a lot of people are today. Christianity didn't work for me. Why? Because a lot, very often, a lot of times, the church, our Christianity, offers an acceptance like no other organization does. You come in here, boy, we're going to hug you. We're glad to have you. We're going to greet you. We're going to take you and introduce you to somebody else that is here. And it becomes a quick, instant social club for people that they feel connected to, and whoo, I like these people, and I like going here, and I like coming around this thing, and, and before long, you learn the vernacular, oh, I'm blessed, how are you blessed, how are you, oh, I'm just blessed, how are you, oh, brother, good morning, sister, good morning, see, pretty soon you learn the vernacular that we say here, so, well, go jump in the, you'll get that, so we don't say that kind of stuff here. Well, how are you? I'm blessed. I'm just, boy, God's good to me. God's good. Better than I deserve. God's blessings are on me. Except you never repented. So why doesn't this, after a while, why isn't this church thing working for me? I'm in here doing all the blessed and God bless you and love you, brother. And hey, man, see you next week at prayer meeting. Except it's not working for me. I'm empty. I'm void. I'm hurting. I'm suffering. This Christianity stuff doesn't work for me. It's because you've never had a death 
and a burial and then a joining him in his resurrection to live a new life where that old person no longer lives. No longer lives. That person is dead and gone and I am a new creature in Christ. We just became a member of the social club here. After true repentance takes place and I probably am taking too long on this, but after true repentance takes place, and, and you repent, you, you crucify that old person, you have accepted Jesus into your heart, welcome to this series. This is where this series starts. This takes us from accepting Jesus, repenting of our sins, coming in here, okay, now there is what we're going to call a management to your life. There has to be a management to your Christian life. It's not just over now that you've accepted Jesus as Lord. Now you're going to have to manage your life. If you look in the dictionary, the word manage means to exert control over, to make submissive to one's authority or to discipline. And that's what we got to do to our minds. That's what I got to do to myself every day. I got to exert control over my lust, over my flesh. I got to exert control over my attitude, over my mouth, over my anger. See, I got to exert control over that old man. Is everybody following me here? You know exactly what I'm talking about. Or, and if you don't, if you don't manage your life as a Christian, you will be sucked in and pulled right along into this world system. And before you know it, you are a saved, forgiven, washed clean believer who is thinking just like the lost world thinks, who is talking like the lost world is talking, who is responding to events of your day, crisis, difficulties. Wait a minute, you're responding like you don't know the Lord. Well, why are you doing that? Because that's what you're putting into yourself. That's what we're going to talk about. That's what we're going to be talking about is managing our life. Colossians chapter three. Colossians chapter three, we start reading in verse one. Since you have been raised anew. Okay, we're just gonna take, take it. Everybody here has been raised anew. Everybody here has accepted Jesus as your Lord. You've been forgiven. Now, since that has happened, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. I'm going to have to think about God and not think about everything going on in this world. Now, since I've been raised with Christ, I'm going to have to set my mind on the things of heaven and not on the things going on right here. My mind's going to have to be set right. In case you don't understand that, let me go on and make it a little clearer. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of this earth. For you've died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. And when Christ, your whole, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world, you will then share in his glory. Verse 5. In case you're a little bit slow and you're not getting what I'm saying, let me make it a little more clear. Put to death the sinful, earthly things lurking within you. 
have nothing to do with sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desire. See, you got to exert control over this. You got to exert control of this. Why? Because you're from time to time going to want to. See, you're going to want to do some of these things. Don't be greedy. Why does it tell me don't be greedy? Because I am. See, because you had to deal with that. Don't be greedy. For a greedy person is an idolater and worshiping thing to this world. Because of these things, uh, because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. Now, verse seven, you used to do these things. Can you say amen? I did this stuff. Right here, all this stuff I've been reading to you, I, I, I did that. But now, my life is no longer a part of this world. Now is the time to get rid of the understood subject is you. Get you. Get rid of anger. When you get angry, you know what you're supposed to do? Get rid of it. Rage, malicious behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you stripped off your old sinful nature and all its wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your creator and become like him. In this new life, it doesn't matter. See, this this settles all that's going on in this world right now. It don't matter what color your skin is. It doesn't matter what gender you are. Not, Not any of that makes any difference. Christ is all that matters and he's in all of us. Verse 12, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, here's what you do. Clothe yourself in tenderhearted mercy and kindness and humility and gentleness and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults. Forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you need to forgive others. Above all, clothe yourself in love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony, and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts as members of one body. You are called to live in peace and be thankful. This Christianity stuff doesn't work for me. Have you done this? Why doesn't it work? Because you haven't done this. So I tried Christianity. No, you started going to church for a while, but you still let anger and malicious behavior and dirty language and dirty talk. You still let sexual impurity. You still see, yes, you did go to church for a while. You read your Bible. I'll give you that. But you did not do Christianity until you do this right here. When you do this, then let's talk about if Christianity is working for you. We got to manage our life. What does that mean? Exert control over it. You remember when Jesus was teaching about the house that got all swept and all cleaned up and then the demons came back seven times worse? That's what happens too often. So we get folks to get saved, we got them all cleaned up, but then they went right out and started feeding themselves this junk, listening to this junk, associating with these kind of friends, entertaining themselves with this kind of entertainment. And what happened is they ended up seven times worse off than they were before. You got to manage your life. If you want to walk in the God kind of life that we read about, and that we know is given to us, then you will have to exert control over your thoughts, over your mouth, over your actions. And it's a constant exerting control over those. A student says, I got a study. 
The friend says, you want to run to town? Yeah, let's go. I'll study when I get back. They get back, I got to study. Hey, let's play some cards before you, okay, I'll play cards first. See, you, you, you want to go, yeah, I'll do, okay, and then you never get around to doing what it's, you were supposed to do. The husband, the wife, the mother, the, you, yeah, oh man, I'm going to clean that carport out Saturday morning. Okay, except you want to go here? Yeah, I'll, I'll clean it out when I get back. Then you get back, well, I'm going to after lunch. Then you're sleepy. Well, I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to do that. And, and first thing you know, we're living a life of never getting around to doing what it is that we purpose in our heart to do. That's why we have to manage our life. That's why we have to exert control over our life if we're going to experience the God kind of life for all of us. Exert control, discipline. There is an abundant life awaiting you, but you're going to have to manage your life. This series is going to be essential. It's going to be essential. And because, here's some of the titles that we're going to be talking about. And, and you just can't miss. You, you can't miss what we're going to be doing here in these coming weeks and months. We're going to talk about managing your supply. What are you feeding yourself? You're going to have, I, let me just say, I'm not against watching TV. I'm not against watching TV. But what are you watching on TV? You're going to have to manage. You're going to have to exert control over that. Okay, let me ask you. After you've sat here for 15 minutes watching this, do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Do you find yourself, these veins start to stick out in your neck? Do you stand up? And do you start yelling at your wife because of, yeah, I'm going to tell you what they, and if somebody, so now you're yelling at your wife, you're yelling at the kids, and your heart is beating right here in your forehead, you might not want to watch that show ever again. Just a thought. See, you're going to have to, man, I'm not against watching TV, but when that show goes off, do you give a high five to the people in the room and say, that was great. Man, I feel like I could run through a wall right now. Westerns will always make you feel like that. Good ones always win. So does, after watching 30 minutes of that program, are you built up and you encouraged and you're motivated? Are you mad and you're cussing and you're kicking and you're hollering at the dog and, and you're furious at our government and you're furious at the world and you're furious at, why don't they, come on, you're going to have to manage your supply. I'm not against you having friends on social media, but when you finish staring at your social media, are you happy? Are you boiling furious and you're typing? You're and I'm gonna and you, they you're in a fit of rage just sitting there in your easy chair over what you've been reading on social media. I suggest you get off of social media. See, you're going to have to manage. I want peace. I want joy but I'm doing all of the things that cause me frustration, aggravation, and anger. That, that's got to change for us, church. That's got to change. You can't keep feeding yourself what is not producing peace and joy and happiness and wondering, I've tried this Christian stuff, it's not working for me. Well, you hadn't been up 30 minutes and you're all weird jerked up because of what you read on social media. You're already mad. You haven't been up 30 minutes. You're already mad. You've got to exert control 
oh, don't keep doing what's making you mad. Your thoughts, you gotta control them. You've gotta not think that and you gotta start thinking this. I'm not going to let my mind think on that thought because it makes me mad. It makes me furious. It makes me upset. I can't let my mind think on that and experience peace and joy and happiness and a blessed life. Every day, every minute, I gotta exert control over my tongue. I cannot say what comes to my mind because what comes to my mind is not godly. It's not how God would have me respond, but boy, it sure comes to my mind. Quick, I got to exert control over my mouth. I don't know why I tried Christianity, it didn't work for me. It's because your mouth, my goodness, what comes out of your mouth is poison for everybody around you. You got to stop your mouth. You got to stop talking negative. You got to stop running people down. You got to stop spewing all of this anger and all of this. Hey, you got to stop spewing that out of your mouth if you want to walk in peace and joy and life and life more abundant. You're going to have to exert control over your tongue, over your actions, over where you go. Oh, I can't wait. September the 22nd. We got a, a, a lesson planned, and I believe Paul is going to be teaching this one, about evaluating your abilities. Evaluating your ability. God has gifted you, and he's gifted everybody. Now, if you compare your gift with somebody else, yes, he didn't gift you like he gifted that person because he hadn't called you to do what he's called that person to do. But each person is gifted. Now, You have to manage your life in such a way that you make your giftings produce for you. You got to manage your life. There's a lot of things I can do. Many of you don't know this. I was the first worship leader in this church. I can play the guitar and I can sing and I can lead worship. It's not my gift. It's not my gift, but I can do it. Get me a guitar, I'll show you right. Now, I can spend my whole life beating my head against the wall trying to do something. Are you hearing this? Well, I think it'd be neat to be a welder, except you're not gifted to be that welder. I I think it'd be neat if I could be an accountant, except you're going to go to school the rest of your life. You're never going to pass that. It's not what you think it would be neat to be. What are your giftings? Now, if you're going to live in peace and joy and life and life abundant, you'll have to evaluate those giftings correctly. And we just don't. See, my gifting is not as prestigious. Everybody can talk. I want to sing. Because they're the people that are all famous. Well, are you hearing this? You you have to evaluate your giftings and fulfill the call that's on your life, and that's where fulfillment comes. But if you can't evaluate your giftings correctly, you're going to be out of sync your whole life and feel like I have been struggling and beating my head against the wall. Life does not work for me. It's because you're out of your gifting.
It's, you're just out of your gifting. You're a fish and you're trying to walk around on the land. We're going to end up the very last week in September and then we're going to spend October and November talking about Joseph's life. Boy, he had all the excuses to be jealous, mad, vengeful, get eat. I mean, my goodness, what life he lived and how did he overcome all of those emotions, all of those hurts? How did Joseph go through what he went through and do what he did? Well, there's a lot of lessons we're going to talk about in Joseph's life. We're going to talk about Moses' life. Wow. Called by God, yet far from perfect. Yet God used him. Well, there's so many lessons in Moses' life. You're going to love studying about Moses. We're going to study about David. It says, a man after God's own heart. Really? A man after God's own heart? Wrote the biggest part of Psalms? Really? Had an affair? Had the guy killed that was her husband? Are, are, we're all aware of his imperfections. But God uses imperfect people, and here's the way you navigate. Are you getting this? See, we're going to talk about some people's lives in the Bible that's going to bring some real enlightenment to the call of God that's on your life. It's going to be amazing to see how God uses some imperfect people. Boy, I am really, really looking forward to all that we're going to be doing in this series. Our theme this year for our church is essential. And there's nothing more important for the saved Christian than to manage their life. We've got to. We're going to have to begin to exert control over our mouth, our thoughts, our input. We're going to, more so now than ever before, we're going to have to manage our life. I want to encourage you, Plan on not missing a single one of these Wednesday nights. And if you have to, if you've got to be out, make sure, sure, sure you go back and get the podcast. Because I don't want any member of our church missing some of the key things that we're going to be talking about. Because it's vital for our life. It is vital for our life and our walk with God. We're going to take the management of our life as members of this church to a whole new level. And as a result of that, we're going to see some great fruit born in our personal lives. Y'all stand. God's got a good life for us, church. God's got a blessed life for us. And it's not dependent on anybody being in office or not in office. It's not dependent on the prices of anything. God's got a blessed life for you and I to live, and I'm going to live it. I'm going to walk in what God has for me. Father, tonight, we thank you for saving us. We're so grateful. Thank you for the sacrificial death that paid the penalty for my sins. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for setting me free. But now, Lord, as I have been set free, I'm going to exert control over things in my life that are not of you. Lord, things in my life that are not of you. God, help me think biblical. Help me act according to your word. Help me walk in your wisdom. God, this series, we loose the anointing of your Holy Spirit on each and every one of these Wednesday nights in these coming months. That this be an empowering, life-changing, altering, direction-making time 
for the members of this church. Lord, we submit to you and we honor you. In Jesus' name, amen. Y'all have a great week. You have been listening to the CMC Podcast. For more information about CMC, our different conferences, Christian school, college internship, resources, and more, go to cmchurch.com.